Strap one on, it's time to jam. might be episode 25 no i think so we technically really 20... start figuring this out before we start recording technically 26 because you know we did that weird here's where things are at episode i don't think that counts as an episode does it no i didn't number it so i think we're at a quarter century willis you're right yeah yeah because 24 was fucking fortress too well, or will be fortress. Pay it respects fortress colon sniper's eye, or if you're oh, north yes, of the I'm border, sorry. sniper's eye colon fortress. fortress. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about 1998's two-hour-long the, the siege, which I don't know if I'll have a whole lot to say about. In all honesty, uh, I don't know if I have a whole lot to say either. It's so the one thing I knew about this movie is I thought it was more about the martial law stuff. Like I knew that happened in this movie, like, Oh, this is the, the martial law movie. And I thought, you know, that was the movie. Like we're under martial law and Denzel Washington's fighting with Bruce Willis, but it's not, I mean, it's that, but it's not that for a long time. <laughs> there's, there's like a whole movie that occurs before we get to that point. Yeah. There. Yeah. It really does feel like, a two-part miniseries cut down the middle where the first part is more about, oh, we got to stop these terrorists. There's terrorist attacks happening in New York City. And then they stop them. And then there's another back half of the movie where actually, no, you didn't. And now martial law. Pretty much. Uh, the biggest thing to note about this movie, and obviously we are not the, certainly not the only ones to make this observation is, boy, it's kind of nuts that this was three years before 9-11. Yeah, it's like watching it now. It's a lot. It's like not just, you know, putting aside the whole New York City terrorists attack stuff. Like once in the back half of the movie, the martial law stuff starts kicking in. There's all the, you know, the racism stuff about how, you know, well, anyone we can associate with the actual terrorists like we can't trust them and they're locking like locking kids in cages it's like oh shit <laughs> this is it's it gets dark i mean there's the whole scene as well with like the suicide bomber in like an elementary school that was kind of difficult to watch in light of recent-ish events yeah it's like a checklist of stuff we're still dealing with yeah like you watch this movie and, and go did no one watch the siege have we learned nothing it's like they're taking pointers from it rather than looking at this as like I, here are things we shouldn't do i think there are huge chunks of society that would point to bruce willis as the hero of this movie oh 100 percent like he's the the general who at first is like, I don't know about this whole martial law thing, but then very, very quickly 
just gets way into the into the power of it. He's the one who's, you know, locking everybody up and is the, you know, the other villain of the piece. Spying on Bruce Willis that he can get the drop on like the terrorist operations for his own kind of political motivations. Technically, he's the one who's also kidnapped the the shake that has like kicked off the whole events of this movie. So Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, he's but again, I'm sure there are people who would be like, yeah, look at him go. Like he went places and did things. Yeah, he's getting it done. That's what we need in situations like this is we need someone who won't cater to the left and will just get things done. Basically. Etc. Etc. Yeah, he's also the one. There's a so uh so Denzel Washington is an FBI agent. And his partner is uh, Tony Shalhoub, whose son gets lumped in with all of this at the end in the back half. So, you know, Bruce Willis is being a real asshole about that. And Tony Shalhoub's like, fuck this. I'm done. Like, I've been with the Bureau 15 years and this is how you're going to do me. It's weird. You mentioned that it's a very dark movie and the back half is. But I remember we were noting in the first 20 minutes or so. There was a lot of weird comedy. None of it lands like it was just not delivered well. Like the laughter, even like from the cast feels super forced. Like we haven't. Yeah, it feels like because it's very, you know, office politics like, oh, Jimmy couldn't hit the, you know, Jimmy like that, you know, ribbing each other in the office. And it really a lot of the punchlines almost seem like they should result in a freeze frame and then some credits. Uh, There's one in particular, and I wish I'd noted the line because all of the characters in the scene laugh at it. Yeah. I'll see if I I can find it while we're chatting because like, I know exactly which line you're talking about and like the reaction, but I don't remember the actual line either. I I just remember it being weird. Yeah. I think we just said like that line should not even in universe. No one should have laughed at that. God, no. And then Annette Benning rolls in. She's... Wait, what do we know about her at the beginning? Do we know she's eventually revealed to be CIA or is she? She's yeah. CIA, no, she's CIA at the beginning. Yeah. And then we find out later that she's actually. Something else. I think she is still CIA. She just didn't give her real name. Oh, maybe. yeah. I think ugh, I think. Yeah, you're right. She's an intelligent. She's like, oh, I'm an intelligence operative. And I, I actually know way more than I've been letting on. And my name is actually Sharon. Yeah, I, I think I was getting it mixed up with striking distance for a second. I was like, oh, that's right, because then they're in the courtroom. I was like, no, that's striking distance. Which was the better movie? Striking, um, striking distance. Still yes. putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's a little view from the top quote for all you diehard Mike Myers fans. If you're finally waiting for a podcast to acknowledge the Gwyneth Paltrow airline comedy of you from the top there's a little little treat for everybody she was apparently originally supposed to be played by jodie foster and jodie foster said nah i don't know that would have been better there is okay so the movie also you know on top of the comedy thing also tries to build like clearly a romantic relationship between Denzel Washington and Annette Benning, and it's just it's so not working like it's there is zero chemistry at any stage 
<sighs> yeah. And yeah, like, there's, a, there's already too much going on in the movie. Like they're trying to stop terrorist attacks while they're also trying to figure out, you know, who's the leader of the cells that are doing this. And now we're in martial law. So we got Bruce Willis running around being a bad guy. And there's like protest, like there's peace marches happening and protests and the cops are going with it. It's just, it really does feel like a movie that would be made now that tried to tackle too many things. Like what we yeah. want to do, you know, peaceful protests and how like people, you know, going out of hand dealing with peaceful protests. And we also want to do the locking kids in cages thing. We also want to do the, you know, the, whatever you want to call the mass panic, like when COVID started and, and it was like, Oh, it's the Asian flu. Every Asian brother like that bullshit. As it's, it's just weird. It's just so weird that this was 1998. Yeah, it, it is like, it felt like a movie ahead of its time, but it also, I feel like didn't really tackle any of its topics, especially well. No, everything gets resolved in a nice, nice tidy little nice tidy little thing what's nice and tidy no you put a bow on something but what's something that's just nice and tidy i don't know like when you when you organize your bookshelf by size it's like that (laughs) i guess i don't know you ever organize your bookshelf by size I did at one point it makes it very challenging to find books though i don't i just do it with the kids books and it looks looks real nice for the 15 seconds before they pull five books off because they don't know what story they want for bedtime but so actually maybe the movie's more like that when the kids pull five (laughs) books off the shelf you're like that's too many stories and what am i supposed to do with all this and it's just kind of a mess an attempt is made at making it all pretty and nice and tidy and then the director came in and just pulled all of the storylines off the shelf and just jumbled them up and crinkled the pages dog-eared things there's a lot of there is a lot of good stuff in here i do think the movie's a little long um yeah and i I think it could have done without like it it gets a little bit repetitive in the middle because like essentially their whole thing is that there are multiple terrorist cells right and like you know you take one down and all it does is like activate the next one yeah i think probably it's it's like the hydra yeah i think probably we could have done without like one or two of those because i think we get the the fake bus and then the real bus and then the theater and then the attempted suicide bombing of the school and then the fbi headquarters yeah and then at the very end the the peace protest which like that is a shitload of different terrorist activities it's like i i think we could have probably cut at least one or two yeah I get like the the fake bus and the real bus because they kind of established. So I have a mosquito around me. Oh, no. I don't know where it came from, but there's a fly in our house and is ruining our entire day every day. I got it. He won't land. He just buzzes around. No, he just buzzes around like assholes. Like, he can't, he won't land and he won't go. Usually they'll go near the door and I'll be like, oh, you want out? And I'll open the door and the fly will go out. But this one's just content to buzz around like an asshole all day. Yeah, we've been having ladybug issues, which is there strange. are a lot of ladybugs around too. Like but in our lot. bedroom specifically, I don't know where the hell they're getting in. Like every day, I'm killing at least a couple, which I feel really bad about. But also, they keep like pinging against my lamp in the night, and it's like driving me crazy. So, anyways, Lady, I killed the mosquito. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to our new podcast, Ladybug Problems, Episode One. Should, should Sam be killing the ladybugs or setting them free? 
an ethical or, debate. Yeah. Usually I'd let them free, but there's just too damn many. Yeah, I'm pro- I, I usually try and get the insects out safely if I can, but like as soon as I get a chance, that fly is dead. He has crossed I, us too yeah. many times. That's how I feel about the mosquitoes. There is no mercy being given. Oh, to yeah. Mosquitoes. The mosquitoes do not home, get I will out. kill you. Yeah. The mosquitoes, I will go on their territory and kill them. Yes. Like my uh, oldest asked me maybe like two weeks ago why we have mosquitoes. And I did not have an answer. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't think. I, I was like, I'm sure there's some reason why we have them that's good, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> To provide food for bats but then like when they, you ask people bats why will bats, figure it out well it's just it you ask people why bats exist and they're like well they, they're good for the ecosystem they eat the bugs and the mosquitoes it's like okay but then like the mosquitoes can just get fucked and then the bats with them and we're fine bats have given us our two most important superheroes batman and morbius so well, maybe slow your road there anti-bat whatever people what were we talking about? Uh, too many, too many things going on. The bus sequence is definitely a highlight in terms of all the different terrorist attack stuff. Like Denzel, Denzel, obviously, you know, he's going to bring good. it no matter what movie you're watching. If Denzel's in it, you know, you're going to get at least one tick in the positive column, which will be Denzel. Uh, the, the, but the scene where he's trying to get the people off the bus, even though we knew what was coming because his subtitle got cut off because we were watching yeah. the subtitles. It's like, oh, he's not going to finish that sentence. So I don't think good things are about to happen to the bus. But that whole bit was was good. I think it's tense. The, the back half, like, the, like, you know, the final race to figure out, you know, who's behind this. And while martial law is happening and shit's just I spiraling mean, out of control, I think there's some good stuff there to figure out who's behind this. Like spoilers, but it's the uh, it's the what is he? Is he Palestinian? It's the anyways, it's the guy that. Annette Benning is fucking, despite the fact that he's supposed to be like. Well, they her, arrest him early in the movie, and I think he his whole thing is like, yeah, I, I signed the the visa application. Yeah, for one of them, because but I signed a bunch of visa applications. So Annette Benning's like, he's not a terrorist. I should fuck him, and then he's a terrorist. I think she was already fucking him before. I think she was, which is yeah. why she was willing to back him up, like. Well, he's willing to see me, Annette Benning, as a sexual creature, therefore, which was the other thing. I'm like, mm. I like nothing against Annette Benning. She's a perfectly fine actress. She's not terribly believable as like they bring up multiple times. She's supposed to be like this like sexy minx of a woman that like everyone wants to get with. And it's like, do they though? Do they Evidently though? not. Well, the one guy and maybe Denzel, but we don't explore that. No. that much um and then our other the trifecta of actors of course we have bruce yep um bad guy it's bad guy bruce which we haven't, yeah. haven't seen in a while like precious cargo i guess way 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 back at the beginning yep and then a couple of the other like the what was the shitty f- vice <laughs> i know saying what was the shitty wasn't enough to work with no no but i got there and then uh, there might be a couple others that i'm forgetting where he was oh uh, deadlock Oh yeah, that was another. Yeah. But I think this is the first villain performance in the, the theatrical stuff. ones yeah. that we've watched. He's pretty good. He's it's very understated. Yeah, his face doesn't move. Like someone said, like his face does not move once in the entire movie. He has but one expression. It, it, but it fits, it fits the, character. the character exactly. Yeah, like he's very calm, very calculated, very obviously in control of the situation. So 
that would kind of go against everything if all of a sudden he started, you know, I'm in fucking charge here. That wouldn't fit. He gets to wear some very snazzy suits. So he's he got that going for him. I did think this was unfair. So in 19 uh, in at the 19th Golden Raspberry Awards or the Razzies, he was nominated for worst actor for this Mercury Rising and Armageddon because they had all come out the same year, Ooh. which is already bullshit. But extra bullshit is that he won. I like, don't there's feel nothing... like no, there's nothing there that warrants that. No, that just and feels... I feel like I f- my, no, never mind. I was gonna say I feel like he was good in Armageddon, but then I remembered that no, I actually haven't seen Armageddon, <laughs> so never mind. I haven't seen it in a little while, but we did it for the other podcast, which is going to be interesting when we do it again for this one. And I remember him being like pretty good. Like he gets to be kind of charming and funny and chases Ben Affleck was, around with a shotgun. Who else was nominated? So I'm glad you asked. Uh, Ray Fiennes for The Avengers, which I've never seen, but I've heard is terrible. Uh, Ryan Philippe, Philippe? Yeah. For 54, which I've also never seen. Ryan O'Neill for Burn Hollywood Burn, which I remember being a notoriously awful thing, but I don't remember. I have never, I've never seen that either. And Adam Sandler for The Water Boy, which also it's just Adam Sandler being goofy Adam Sandler. Like, but what like, the fuck I is feel that like, doing there? Uh, well, but like, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like if you're going to put like bad actors forward, I feel like Adam Sandler would still win. Like, I assume it's just but also in The Water Boy, he's doing what he set out to do. It's the character. I haven't seen the yeah, Waterboy since 1998, but, it's, it's but Adam Sandler. I yeah, I haven't seen I, it in a very long. We know time the Razzies even because of their recent Bruce Willis controversy. They have, yeah, they have a. The the Razzies are kind of just bullshit anyway. That are obviously to get not him. interested in actually awarding bad things, but more just what's popular. Like they're still dunking on Ben Affleck in 2022. It's, it's time to move on, guys. Like I'm sure every year a Twilight movie came out. It's like ah, oh, Twilight, 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 Twilight. It's like they're come on. Yeah, they're not good, but they're not like oh my god, my worst thing I've ever seen. Like I've seen every single Twilight movie, and I wouldn't put any of them in like my bottom 40 movies of all time. No, I don't think I ever saw the last one. Um, also up, so worst picture that Alan's that Burn Hollywood Burn got it. And then it was Armageddon, the Avengers, Godzilla, and Spice World. The Spice Girls won Worst Actress as a collective, which, again, it's just stupid. They're not actresses. They're not actors, yeah. They were, I've seen Spice World more times than I would care to it's admit. It's a fun movie. They are completely fine in that movie. Better than maybe even you would expect, if memory just, serves. Like, again, I... I I'm fairly certain that I've never seen Armageddon. I'm pretty sure that when I thought I'd seen it, in fact, I was just thinking of Deep Impact, which I've seen a lot. But like, I feel like it's got a reputation for being a pretty good movie. So like nominating it for a Razzie seems stupid. Yeah. I don't want to miss a thing was up for worst original song, as was Too Much from the Spice Girls. And Too Much is a fucking dope song. So the Razzies are bullshit in 1998 and they're bullshit now. That is my thoughts on that. There's no way Bruce Willis should be out there winning Razzies for any of those movies, but particularly this one. Like, you can't see you. I'm just shrugging. He wasn't, he, just like, shrugging incense, in, incentive, incentive, incessantly, incessantly. 
like he wasn't I don't know that he was even in this movie enough to like warrant any kind of like strong reaction one way or another on his performance like he's really in the back half he gets like a couple of scenes and like he gets to do some stuff but like he's not in it a ton and what he is in it like he does quite well like he's very calm he's kind of charismatic like his you know he's very like stoic in his own way like just you know I'm doing this for the good of my country and it fits with the character. Like he, he acted the character well. So I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, Sean. Yeah, no, I also don't get it. Like you said, he's not in it that much. I feel like if we added up his screen time, which I do not do for these, it would be like a mid tier in terms of all the other ones that we've done. Like, yeah, mid tier, even in terms of like the, the direct to DVD stuff, like He's got two scenes in the first half of the movie, three scenes in the first half of the movie. And then, you know, he's in it for maybe like 10, 15 minutes in the back half when we get into the martial law stuff. But yeah. Also, apparently, and we'll take a look at this in, this, in a second, the screenwriter wrote this, you know, mentioned in 2007 that, oh, it was a big box office failure. We'll find out soon enough if that's true. But apparently after 9-11, it became the most rented movie in America, which what I also fuck? I also don't have the number. It, come on, it makes sense, right? It, it remember, makes sense, remember but at when the, the same pandemic time. started and Contagion made its way oh, up to the true, top yeah. of the rental charts. That's true. No, you're right. People wanted to watch Outbreak and Contagion. Meanwhile, I was over here. Bird I just want to watch. I want to watch Rookie of the Year. You motherfuckers are out of your minds. Actually, yeah, I can't even comment because when yeah, when everything kicked off, I think I did like 28 Days Later and like Wreck. Yeah, exactly. I think it was part of the whole, you know, we as a society were kind of leaning into it and being like weird about yeah. it. Yeah. Let's just go hard at it. Going the zombie outbreak route was maybe not my best choice. Yeah. It was a choice, but it yeah. was a choice. I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say about the siege. It's fine. Yeah, it's like that's just it. It's fine. Like it's not terrible. It's not great. Denzel's great. Yeah. I think I mentioned, you know, during like that school siege thing, you know, it's like the super like there's a couple of scenes where we get like this kind of like blurry slow-mo action shot type thing and they keep doing it, but like they do it with like the school scene where Denzel is like behind a barricade of like children sized chairs and the chairs like go flying in slow motion as he like runs and like there's some weird choices that like yeah, they, take away from it makes it just less effective overall. It's yeah, there's slow mowing action beats that aren't actually action beats. I don't know if that was an effort in post to, you know, oh, it's we got to make this more of an action movie. It's not. I would say this no. is more of like a thriller yeah thriller drama type yeah like there's no action like there's no shootouts or car chases or anything really like that this is very much like a almost like a whodunit yeah kind of like a whodunit crime thriller sort of drama yeah it's more about who's doing this like there's no point where they're like there's a bunch of bad guys in the warehouse that we got to get through pop 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 which I'm not saying is anything against the movie. I'm just making it clear. It's no, not that yeah. kind of movie. No. In case anyone, you know, hears the siege and thinks, oh, there's going to be some sort of siege. Maybe a bunch of people will descend on a prison and they'll have to defend the prison or I don't know. No. Nothing like that. 
I think the most notable thing about this movie is definitely just its weird premonition. Yeah. Aura to it of if you told me this is a movie that was made in 2015, I'd go, yeah, I, I buy it. Yeah. You could cast absolutely. all of these, you could cast all those same people pretty much make the same movie and yeah, here we would be. And it would have probably done better in 2015 than it did in, in well, let's 98. See. Well, how did it do in 98, Sam? Let's find out. All right. So it opened uh, in November 5th, I believe. November 6th, 1998 against the fellow Razzie nominee, The Waterboy. It was absolutely demolished by The Waterboy in its opening weekend, making one third of what it did, the wonder the water boy in first place with almost 40 million and the siege in second with 13. The only other new release that week was belly. I've heard of belly. I don't remember what belly is offhand. I have not. I think it's yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was up against things like apparently they re-released the wizard of Oz and practical magic was out making some decent money rush hour was crushing everything in its path it was already it was still in the top 10 after eight weeks this is definitely the point in time where i started watching a lot more movies like i'm looking at this and it's like man i watched the water boy and pleasantville and vampires and rush hour and bride of chucky and what dreams may come and there's something about mary like i watched all these movies apt pupil night at the roxbury urban legend down in 19th (laughs) 1998 was a good time for movies. Yeah. There's some good stuff in that list. There's also some extraordinarily bad stuff in that list. Armageddon still kicking around in 29th. Let's see. How far does this go? All the way down to 95, which something called See the Sea, which don't call your movie that movie in 95th place. And somehow Gone with the Wind is in here. (laughs) That classic 1998 cinematic classic halloween h2o's how was anyway that's enough let's go to the next week we got to go until at least i thought halloween h2o came out in 2000 no that would make sense but no okay uh oh man kicking open the door next uh, the week after that everybody's favorite horror sequel opening in mid-november i still know what you did last summer Mm. takes over numbers this number two spot Followed by Meet Joe Black, movie I've never seen, but I've never met a single human being who enjoys. And I have no strong oh, feelings about it one way or another. You know what? This this is that time Meet Joe Black and the Siege had the the Phantom Menace trailer before it. And Sam, this is pre-internet, so we couldn't just go on the internet and watch that. You had to go to a theater to see the trailer for the new Star Wars movie. So people would go pay money to get a Meet Joe Black or the Siege ticket watch the Star Wars trailer, and then bail. Leave. So we can't even trust these numbers, really. Because who knows how many were, you know, Siege fans or just Star Wars fans. Uh, the Siege dropped from second to fourth in its second weekend, just ahead of Ants and the... Wow, we did this on So Do We Still Like This. The Jonathan Taylor Tomic, Thomas Christmas classic, I'll Be Home for Christmas, which made $3.8 million. The water boy still won fucking getting it done. Not for long, though, because the Rugrats movies here. So the Rugrats movie <sighs> stared the water boy in the eyes and said, get the fuck down there. So the water boy went down to third 
to make room for the Rugrats movie and Enemy of the State. Another movie I saw. Man, I always said 1999 got me into movies, but it seems like it might have been 1998. The Siege down to sixth place as we approach December. Kicking open the doors is a bug's life. I forgot how close together that and Ants actually released. Yeah. In uh, the other new release, Babe, Pig in the City, notoriously weirdly dark sequel to Babe. Uh, Home Fries, which is like, I think, a Drew Barrymore, Luke Wilson movie. Also a new release opening in eighth. The Jerry Springer comedy, which is a thing we allowed to happen in 1998. Ringmaster opens in 10th. And in 11th, the Christian Slater dark comedy, Very Bad Things. But they all still did better than The Siege which I'm sorry to say, Sam, is now, as of November 27th, not even a month, out of the top 10. That did not take long. The screenwriter was correct. It wrapped up with, like, just under 40 million with a budget of 70. Yeah, that's not great. I don't even see it the following week. Oh, no, there it is, 13th. So, yeah. But how is C2C doing at this stage? See the C. Well, I mean, it was ninety fifth to begin with, so maybe it maybe it made a comeback. Nah, it gone. I looked it up. It's a fifty two minute long French film. Okay, it probably was playing in like one theater then, because by the time you get down to eighty ninth, it's like it is made sixty six dollars that weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Perfect. the six people who came to see like it is. Um, yeah, that's the siege. I guess not much more to say than that. Now that we've done my favorite bit, stay tuned for my other podcast. I just read box office charts. (laughs) I feel Um, like I'm going to give you like six months. That will be an actual podcast. What's next? I am getting my tiny decision wheel up. And what if I I literally have a Beavis and Butthead vinyl record on the player next to me. (gasps) I feel like like the vibes are here. For Beavis and Butthead to America. Uh, I've I've got bad news. It's not Beavis and Butthead. Is it North? It's not. It is I'm Hudson gonna, Hawk. Oh, you motherfucker. I was about to sorry. say, is it Hudson Hawk? And you cut me off. And now no one will ever know that I would have gotten it. I'm three. sorry. I have never seen Hudson Hawk. So I have no idea what Hudson Hawk is. Hudson Hawk is kind of one of the most notorious love it or hate it movies i don't know if maybe ever but definitely oh, in the bruce no. willis catalog it is like a big bruce willis like this is his passion project it feels like it's going to be boy scouty i think it's going to be i think it's like very much his last action hero like very much a comedy with some action it has some incredibly diehard like ride or die hudson hawk fans and then there are some people who just can't stand it so i don't know if it's because like it's probably going to have a very silly tone, which worries me. We might be getting back into blind date territory. Ugh. I do like that you had to clarify what you meant by diehard fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In but the context of this podcast. I, I yeah, I, I remember this being, you know, a big Bruce Willis. Like he had he helped write it. I think he has a story credit like this was kind of what he wanted to do. And they're like, well, you made us a lot of money with Die Hard, I guess. So. Let's do Hudson Hawk. <sighs> I'm excited. Hopefully it's it it's yeah. going to be like full early, like, you know, Brucey Bruce. That's what we call when Bruce is like kind of the charming, you know, no gooder. Like, oh, you're kind of a dick, but I can't help but like you. That's what we call That's Brucey Bruce from now on. 
Okay, so the director did Heathers, which I really like. I've never seen Heathers. You've, okay, well, that we'll, we'll talk about that later, but that has to be a podcast episode. I feel like it's great. I haven't oh. seen it in years. Uh, he also did Airheads. Oh, I love Airheads. I haven't seen that, I don't think. That's just uh, as equally bad, by the way, as <laughs> not having seen the one you just said. I, Heathers. I might have seen it because I did like I did have a Brendan Fraser Fraser uh, phase. Oh, he did that uh, terrible uh, woman Christmas in the movie, house my brought... giant in 1998. <laughs> Another 1998 movie I saw. So holy shit. 1998 should be getting more credit than I've been giving it. He did the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Yeah. I was going to say he's still like getting it done. He did. Like Weirdly he's still doing American Horror Story episodes, and he did Jessica Jones, and when they brought Veronica Mars back. Okay. This is cool. Good for this guy. He did a bunch of Dexter. He's like a, attached to a lot of like Big Love, the Big C. He did it that because I said so. Terrible Mandy Moore movie, but he did Forty Days and Forty Nights, which I. Which I remember liking, and then I showed it to a group of friends at a movie night, and everyone hated it. And I felt like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. But I think I'm right. I feel like if I rewatched it now, I feel like it would not be great. I I feel like it gets rapey at one point. He literally gets raped. Okay, yeah. I I haven't seen it, like, probably since it came out. Yeah, sorry, spoilers for 40 Days and 40 Nights, but that is an actual plot thing that he thinks he's having sex with someone else and he's not but it's played for comedy because it's a dude yeah. all right so Anyways, i guess tomorrow so yeah, night we're that. watching hudson hawk which i look i see is only 99 minutes so no matter what we got me. that we got that going for us so yep all right well until then keep enjoying those willises should we do we check his filmography or do we only do that when we do the directed dvd ones i don't think it would hurt to check it i also, take oh, we, we forgot to like rank the siege i i would rewatch once upon a time in venice before yeah. we watch the siege i would don't agree know that, that I, I don't know that i would rewatch breach mm, at this point i think i probably would yeah i might even precious cargo i think i might watch ahead of breach is hitting that point to me where i'm like i almost need to go back to it with us uh, with a new set of eyes to see like were we out of our why, completely why out of did our we mind? do this all right so his film is uh filmography remains the same so wire room we confirmed last time has a date so still remaining without dates are paradise city die like lovers and this new detective night movie which i think also actually we saw had a release date it was like october yeah, I think it's October 26th or something. October 21st. And yeah, the other two close. still still nothing. So we still do not know the definitive final filmography entry. So until next time, catch the excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk next time.